So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. It's Mary Wagstaff. I hope you are here ready to be inspired. I know I am here ready to inspire. Um, I just did a whole planning session of all the podcasts I want to put out for the summer. And so stay tuned. We're actually, I'm actually going to be doing a reintroduction of the five shifts process from all of the things I've learned from all of my clients from a brand new perspective. And of course, it has kind of the same foundational backbone, Um, but I know I have so many new listeners, and sometimes people don't go back to the beginning to listen, and this will just be a refresher for everyone with a new perspective and new eyes. So look forward to that um, probably in July. So if you are not taking massive action on changing your relationship to alcohol, why? You need to ask yourself why. What is the thought that you are thinking? And is that thought true? Because what happens when we, you know, uh, know that there is something in front of us that needs attending to an attention, it is easy to take passive action where we listen to a podcast and then we kind of just go about our day and we have all of this information, but it's like we can't figure out why it's not working, why logically we know 
what the consequences of alcohol and how shitty it makes you feel, but yet you keep doing the same thing. And the reason that this is, is because you aren't actually examining your brain, creating new thoughts on purpose, and taking new action. You're doing the same thing, expecting a different result. But what it looks, it it's an illusion to you. It looks like you tweak it a little bit. It's like, oh, I take a break here. I drink less here, right? But in the end, alcohol is still winning. It's like alcohol is still the important thing and getting all of your attention versus I want to learn how to manage my emotions better. I want to learn how to explore my brain and have better mental hygiene. I want to learn to take responsibility for all of the results of my life, right? So there's an actual process. Um, So this is what I want you to just be very honest and aware with yourself of when you're just tweaking and kind of like bargaining with yourself around alcohol, you're just doing the same thing, but you're, you know, it's like pretending like you're doing something different and you might not actually be aware of it. And so that's why I'm just bringing it to your attention is these little tweaks where alcohol is still the important outcome, right? Where it's like, oh, at the end though, I still get alcohol. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're intoxic, like if you get drunk or not drunk, you're still reinforcing those pathways. It's, it's, you're still in the, the black and white to drink or not to drink versus the third option, which is you, right? And we're going to talk about that a little bit more into detail um, on next week's episode. But today I wanted to talk about what makes alcohol fun. This is everything. We have all of these rules about alcohol and why it's okay to drink on some occasions and why it's not okay to drink on other occasions. And it's all the black and white thinking that I've talked about so many times. But what makes alcohol fun is that it lowers our inhibitions, right? This is what we think is fun, right? And so we have to ask ourselves, like, what is fun in general? Like, what makes alcohol fun? Because what I hear from so many people and what I know I experienced in my own life until I eliminated my desire to drink and I had this clarity of of just life and new experiences and what real fun is. So you have to ask yourself first is like, well, what is fun? Fun for you might be different than what fun is for me. So a lot of times in just a general term, fun is, you know, letting go, letting loose, being able to relax, right? And so when we consume alcohol, we take in a drug that allows us to distract ourselves from our thinking mind because it's our thinking mind that creates an emotion that inhibits us from doing something, right? To inhibit is to prohibit from doing something, right? So if you have all of these thoughts that create anxiety or judgment or whatever, they are inhibiting you from from just kicking your feet up but they are just thoughts. They are not actual facts. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about is we we think that alcohol is really helping us with this process, but why do we have inhibitions 
to begin with? Why is this a natural part of our, is a trait of, of the human, of human evolution, right? It is to protect us, right? It is to protect us from danger. So what happens when you lower your inhibitions is you don't get to choose. <laughs> you don't get to choose what thoughts it inhibits and what thoughts it doesn't, right? Leading to the negative decision-making, right? Leading to consequences that eventually become outside of your control. Now, <clears throat> does this depend on the amount that you drink? Yes, absolutely. But if you're drinking a small amount most of the time, all you're doing is you're eliminating the urge. So what I, I think is very important to be honest about, and this can help you step outside of your judgment and look at this from a neutral perspective, is that when you drink less and less frequently and you start to examine your beliefs about why you're drinking when alcohol is no longer in your system, that buildup of pressure to alleviate and to lower your inhibitions changes naturally because of the removal of alcohol. So, so much of your inhibition is from the presence of the addiction. And I'm just going to use that term because it's true, and you can say strong habit. It doesn't matter. You get to decide whatever you want to make that mean, right? I have no shame or no any judgment around that for myself or for any of you or for my clients. Like, I was addicted to alcohol. I'm not addicted to alcohol, right? Like, that's it's just an addictive substance. And so you got to call a spade a spade, right? If it walks like a duck, this is what it does. And it's like, oh, I can't get that feeling anywhere else. That's because you are addicted to alcohol. You are addicted to alcohol. Like if you weren't that, you wouldn't drink alcohol and, and have this immediate, uh, like when I, if I was to drink alcohol right now, I would have anxiety. It would give me anxiety, not a flood of relief. I don't have that buildup of pressure that, that where I need to lower my inhibitions, Right. And this is what happens when you remove, you eliminate your desire first. And when you start to eliminate your desire, you remove the alcohol. When you remove the alcohol, 50% of having to lower your inhibitions right away goes away. And then the rest of it is belief work. Okay. So it's a two step process. We are, and I talked about this last week, we're under the influence of the alcohol and we're also under the influence of our beliefs. Okay. And there's different areas of beliefs, but that's basically what's going on here. So when you think I need to lower my inhibitions to, to make something fun, it doesn't change the reality of the circumstance. The only thing that it changes is the way that your brain is communicating with your body and your emotions, right? You think things are more fun, but nothing in the surroundings is actually changed, right? The exact same things are going on. It's your thoughts about that are completely uncovered. They're completely subconscious, right? So if you think, okay, I'm have Friday night by myself. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to just let loose. I worked really hard all week. I know for me when, um, you know, like 
I would have the house to myself. I was like, ooh, pour a glass of wine, little party, this whole thing, right? Well, what changed? It was the thoughts that I was having about being by myself, right? Or being comfortable in my own company, being comfortable in silence. Nothing else actually changed. It just distracted me from reality. So you might think that your alcohol is making something fun, but it's not actually reality. The only thing that it's changing is changing your thoughts. It's removing your thoughts, right? But it's also not bringing you into the present moment, right? So this is the solution. The solution is direct experience, is really starting to practice how do I lower my inhibitions but not through dissociation, through mindfulness, right? Through the act of presence. Because you're either in your head thinking about the past or the future. You're not actually in the present moment, right? Like being very aware of your senses. And I would definitely encourage you to try this on at some point this week, right? Like even if it seems tedious or kind of odd, like the next time you're cooking dinner, decide not to have a glass of wine and become very present with the music you're listening to, the color of the vegetables that you're cooking with, the smell of the food, the 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 sensation of of chopping, right? The the process of actually blending food together and 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 what all of that is, right? Or if you're doing some sort of other activity. So what happens is we actually take away from what could be fun by just checking out of our thoughts. And we think that's fun because we're just not being mindful. So instead of having a mindful practice when you are, say, by yourself, I'm just going to use this as an example, you are just thinking about probably the fact that you're not drinking if you weren't to drink, right? Or you are in the past or in the future rather than becoming very present. And it is the nature of the mind to trail off into thinking, right? So we bring it back. And the more you can practice being in the present moment and in your body and breathing into sensation, you start to be more comfortable being with yourself. Now, I'm not saying that this is the way that you interact with yourself all the time for the rest of your life, right? It is until that first 50% of the increased inhibitions starts to be eliminated by reducing your consumption for alcohol, which is also going to reduce your desire. They they happen simultaneously, right? So the the process of actually doing this is to practice direct experience. And one of the things that we do in the Stop Drinking and Start Living program and in holistic alcohol coaching, and this is why it's holistic alcohol coaching, right, is we practice our sensory awareness, right? So we come into the present moment and 
there's a process that we use called come to your senses, right? Where you experience the inner landscape of your senses, but you also experience the outer landscape of your senses. What is happening in real time? And is it matching up with your thinking? Right? Because a lot of times, if you say, Well, what is my thought? This won't be fun without alcohol. Well, why? And then you like literally stop and look around. What about this won't be fun? What is my thought that think that I that I have that is telling me I need this to be fun? I can't relax, right? Well, what does relaxing feel like in your body? What is a thought that creates the feeling of relaxation. I have nothing to do right now. I can throw away my to-do list. Relaxation or, you know, we're, we, or fun is literally just giving yourself permission, right? It's seeing what is the thought that is inhibiting me from thinking I can't have fun, thinking from thinking that I can't relax. Now, you add in other people and you're going to have a different thought process altogether. And what we call this um, in the practice is the ETA. But you're going to have a whole new set of, of thoughts and circumstances that you that are going to convince you that somehow this circumstance is different. So say you're going to a party and everyone else is drinking, you're going to think I'll be missing out. And then again, you have to ask yourself, there is your thought that is going to inhibit you from having fun. I will be missing out. So you come to your senses, you look around and you ask yourself, what will I be missing out on? The one thing that you will be missing out on is that consuming that particular beverage, but that is all, right? And again, the only thing that you will be missing out on is the release of that inhibition because you have a chemical addiction to the alcohol. You have a chemical habit, an emotional attachment to the alcohol that creates a buildup of tension until the body gets the alcohol and then you release, right? So it's both. And so when you know this, when you know I'm anticipating a drink and the pressure is building just like a pressure cooker. And when you, when you have that first sip or even, even the awareness that you're going to have that first sip, it's like you push the button on the pressure cooker to start releasing that steam. But unless you come into the present moment into direct experience and you come to your senses, you will be holding the pressure cooker until eventually what happens, you explode, right? Now there are actually several ways that we, several angles that we can take this process that I teach my one-on-one clients. 
But the most effective way, especially if you're having an active urge and you haven't planned ahead of time, because that's something else that we do is we we know this is going to happen, like we're already anticipating it. So we plan a new framework and really look and have all of these questions ahead of time. But if you're having an active urge or an active trigger, you come to your senses, you come to direct experience. And I have some other um processes that we use of a sacred pause of coming to your senses, right? And so the result of this is, is that you get to actually find out what are my real preferences, right? Like, what do I really like if I'm not just dissociating from my thinking, right? And kind of like checked out, And you feel there's this illusion that you're more in the present moment. But if you were really in the present moment, there would be no alteration, right? You don't come more into the present moment by altering your state of consciousness through something outside of yourself, right? By a chemical actually changing the the reaction in your brain, right? You come into the present moment by being present, (laughs) by saying, oh, these are the sensations in my body. This is what I see. This is what I hear. This is what I feel. This is, this is, you know, you observe the experience, right? Now, oh, actually in this moment, I'm completely safe. I know that person. I know that person. I'm going to ask them a question. And then you find out, wow, my body is naturally tired right around nine o'clock. I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep. So you start to tune into the natural rhythms of your body, the natural needs of who you are and the cycles and rhythms, right? Instead of overriding them because you think it's more fun, right? So you need to come into the present moment and really check in with the woman that you are today, right? So I know that when I was in my early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, like I was a party queen. And like, I remember... I used to work in real estate and being like in the the weekly meetings and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that place. I was there at three in the morning and people are like, what are you doing up at three in the morning? And I'm like, oh, I thought I was so cool, like being out partying, right? It's like, no, like, and now that's the last thing I want to do most time, most of the time. I mean, I will go to a concert and stay up late because I love to dance and I love live music. So that is something I got to figure out, right? Like just going to the bar to like shoot the shit and like, and the only reason I was awake was because of the alcohol. Like I don't do that anymore. This is not appealing to me at all. You know, even if I was drinking something different. But what I do know that I love is that I am enlivened through music, right? So I get to have now this firsthand present experience through music, through sensations with my body that actually naturally lowers my inhibitions because I'm in the present moment. But when you have the chemical pull of the alcohol, 
it's it creates a foggy vision. So what I'm telling you right now is just know that. Know that that is at least 50% of the inhibitions that you're trying to lower. So it's like the solution is the problem. The solution to lowering your inhibitions is the the problem which is the alcohol. So once you start to reduce that, now you're left with your beliefs and then we start to examine those one belief at a time. So I want you to just start to look at this, right? Look at what is fun to me and is the alcohol actually giving me that or could I change my perspective? Could I come into the present moment, come to my senses? I would love to teach you these tools of the sacred pause and coming to your senses. If you are interested in really starting applying this, because not only does this change what happens when you have an urge to drink, but literally you are putting yourself in brand new experiences that you may have never had before, regardless of the urge to drink, right? Because we do have inhibitions that show up in other areas, right? And so we want to know why they're there, what the information is, and we really want to be able to you know, kind of do an inventory, a check-in and honor ourselves as we uniquely show up, right? And so that's another piece of, of the process is the compassionate witness, like honoring yourself for how you show up and, and letting yourself, not forcing yourself into a situation that maybe you need to ease into naturally, you know, and we can find more joy doing the same thing, and then you need nothing. You are the tool. You are inner resourcing, and you have new and more meaningful experiences because you're fully present, and the experience is now changing the patterns of your brain versus that experience is only associated with alcohol. So what happens is every time you have an experience where you drink, that experience will always be more associated with alcohol than anything else. It always overrides it. It is that strong. So if you're ready to have more meaningful and lasting connections and experiences, I want you to schedule a call with me and we'll talk about my holistic alcohol coaching program just to see if it's a good fit for you so you can really understand where your blind spots are, where you're not seeing and how holistic alcohol coaching can really serve you. Have a super, super fun week. And if you are so inclined, I would love to hear about applying some of this process to your life and how it turned out for you. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, if you are finally ready to get alcohol out of your way for good and discover what lies ahead, I want to invite you into the Stop Drinking and Start Living program where you will learn to do what alcohol does for you on your own, but way better. The best part is you don't have to do any of it alone. Just click the link in the show notes or visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule a call with me where together we will plan the next phase of your life on purpose. I'll talk to you soon.